Welcome to another episode of the Ladies at UX podcast. I'm Fiona McNeil, Chapter Leader of Ladies at UX Brighton in the UK. In today's episode, we're going to meet Ermi LaRue. Ermi is a UX specialist who in 23 years has built a career focused on usability, healthy experiences, and service to the customer. She founded Root Cause Care, her social platform, and Clarity Studios, the digital studio, both with the focus of health and wellness at the root cause level. Root Cause Care, speaks on basic health knowledge, reminding people of simple building blocks of health. Clarity Studios partners with clients to bring about wellness in various forms. So let's meet her, shall we? This episode was sponsored by DeployMe, recruiters specialized in UX designers. Welcome to the latest at UX in English podcast, a friendly, welcoming, and collaborative organization of intelligent and curious women who push UX boundaries, develop skills, and promote talent by supporting each other. Ermi, welcome to our podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here today. I'd like to start from the beginning. How did you decide you wanted to become a UX specialist? Fiona, when I started in my career, of course, there was no such thing as UX yet. So I uh, studied multimedia, went through all the rhythms, being a web developer, front-end developer, front-end designer, and eventually at some point when UX became available, it was a no-brainer. I naturally gravitated towards it. And then I qualified and I became a specialist and it felt like my hand was inside a glove that was always made for me. Oh, that's amazing. And can you share the inspiration behind founding Root Cause Care and Clarity Studios? We'd love to hear more about that. What motivated you? I think for a lot of people, COVID was uh, like the hot pot of their appointed existential crisis and it was definitely mine. So I knew that there had to be more to life and I wanted what I did to make a difference. So eventually I just knew that people around me were feeling sick and they were suffering and that made my heart break. So what ended up happening is I realized that I wanted to help. It still took some time until the two points met and I started studying. So I completed a diploma in nutrition at the Blackford Center in the UK. And then I eventually also completed my studies in integrative medicine, also based in London. From that, I started heading into a direction. I launched Root Cause Care that is basically just a social brand and also the brand under which I talk at conferences to talk to people about the basic building blocks of staying healthy, what to do when you've got random symptoms and try to treat it before it becomes a diagnosis. As I dealt with the community, I started realizing that it wasn't enough and that I wanted to use my UX experience as well. And I launched Clarity Studios officially. And that of course is a health and wellness focused digital design studio. And now it feels like we're heading in a direction. It's something that's formalized, something that can actually make a change to the people around me. That is so cool that you took the situation of the pandemic pandemic and thought about all of the human factors involved in that and then that took that forward into your digital practice. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And how do you integrate your background in nutrition and integrative medicine into your design projects? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So the premise of integrative health teaches us that optimal health rests on five pillars. So that is eating well, sleeping well, moving well, handling your stress and connecting in a meaningful way. How I draw that into both Root Cause Care and Clarity Studios is by using the pillars 
specifically to explain to people in root cause care how to look at their symptoms and how to diagnose almost how to understand where any of those pillars might have started folding in clarity studios it is very much a guide when we pick partners or clients to do work for and then also the guiding thinking the design thinking basis on which we design solutions for our clients so you start to understand that everything that you design has an effect on people's health whether it is by increasing frustration which is adding to their stress levels or any other way if there's any way in which the way that you design can reduce the load that would cause illness eventually in people then we try to remove that completely so you're designing to minimize friction and stress that's a really unique perspective what strategies or principles do you apply to achieve this in your projects and, and how are you measuring it so the field of customer experience has a wealth of tools that we can use to identify pain points and opportunities for improvement in existing systems they can be analyzed by taking existing processes interviewing the people inside the processes to gain insight into the pain points and the opportunities and then documenting these of course in journey maps the processes can also be adjusted if you identify that the processes seem to be the problem the key is to try and listen to what is not being said you almost want to go back and analyze the feedback to find the root cause of the frustration so many times people will say things in a certain way because they feel that their boss might be listening and they don't want to say the wrong thing so we need to take that feedback and analyze it deeper that would be for existing systems for new systems or products we need to carefully design and develop from the very beginning design very closely in iterations for the users who will eventually be using the products launch small compact usable products and then track them with analytics as much as you can and attach on modules and features as you continue developing to make sure that you hit the mark oftentimes we launch bloated systems launch it into the market things that we're really proud of but the users can't use it and it misses the mark completely your measure for success i think will be clearer if you launch something smaller that you can actually track and determine from the beginning getting it right and then start bolting on new features and enhancing based on feedback from your user base who uses your system or your product that's such an important point about avoiding that development bloat and that kind of debt that comes along with it and really always refocusing on the users such a, an important point there i often find that i have to pull clients back and tell them I understand that you're excited about what you want to bring to the market I want to urge you to focus on what would be the most beneficial to your users your target market let's launch that first track it and see if uptake is good get that perfect and then we can start enhancing and releasing your dream the way that you envision it but it's in almost having that sense of delayed gratification for your client you need to help them attain that excellent advice there so whether it's in the traditional health and wellness industry or other sectors how do you approach designing for healthy experiences are there specific challenges or considerations when you're working in these diverse areas of industry oh my word yes i mean not only does every client feel that their project is their love child but of course every project every client is different and on top of that every group of people involved in servicing that product is a unique ecosystem so the approach needs to be unique with each of them yes we do conventional project plans but in this we consider how much 
time we will invest in understanding this ecosystem and what modalities we will then employ to start designing and developing the solution. How are we going to tackle this beast? The key to all of this is to remain flexible. One thing needs to be clear, the whole time you design and you plan with service mindset and you always keep care in mind. You keep your end goal in focus and as long as you keep that in focus and you have your plan towards the final solution in place, you can't go wrong. That takes us nicely onto the next question where it's clear that root cause care focuses on that basic health knowledge as you've explained already. How do you approach educating and reminding people of the simple building blocks of health in a way that is both engaging and impactful? Mm, I do hope it's engaging and impactful. I know that the feedback that I get informally offline is very positive. What I always aim to do is I wake up on a Monday morning and I set my intentions for the day. You make sure that you understand that what you're about to bring on that Monday post needs to service the community that looks to your post for information. I like to focus root cause care, focus the information for root cause care on depression, anxiety, burnout, stress, mental health, and how our bodies and the health of it leans very heavily on those symptoms. So it's important to me to, on a Monday morning, focus on what I'm going to bring and then, of course, ask myself, feel, what have I been reading? What have the people around me been saying? What do I need to post about today? And the same goes for when I talk at a conference. What has been transpiring in my community? What are the people dealing with? What kind of posts am I seeing on social media? What are the questions people are asking? Because that would lean very heavily into what the people are looking to know. What are they battling with? And then trying to inform them on how to question their bodies, how to understand what their symptoms mean and help them try to heal it before it becomes a diagnosis. And with a background in health and wellness, how do you maintain a balance between your personal passion for healthy living and your professional endeavours in design and digital studios? We all want to know. I have another friend who keeps on asking me, how do you do it all? Maybe COVID was more of a blessing than I even know. By being forced to stay home, which meant that we all worked from home while the kids couldn't go to school, we very quickly needed to identify the fact that it is not possible to do all of it all of the time. There needed to be a separation, at least for me, in my functions as a mom or as a social justice warrior, if you want to call it that, a social health warrior, and as a digital studio director. How do I do all of that inside the time available to me? What I needed to learn was to separate my time. So we wake up in the morning, I wake up before the kids, and I set my intention. I have my meditation, I've spent my quiet time. We decide how am I going to tackle today? With what intentions am I coming? Always aim for service mindset and care. Then the kids wake up, we get them ready, we drop them off at school. My husband and I do our exercise, shower and you sit down. And now your workday begins and you focus on the amount of time that you have with all the effort that you can to address the priority points. It's very seldom in a day that you will get to absolutely everything on your plate. It's not physically, humanly possible, but you focus on the priorities so that you can start to tackle them and get them out of the way. They need to be addressed. After that, there is a time in the day when I close the lid of my laptop. That's done. Now I turn around, we swim, we do a dance party, we color, we read, we do what we do, we have dinner. After dinner, there's more playing and then seven o'clock is the kids' bedtime. I do not open my laptop lid after we put the kids to bed. I know that a lot of people do. I find that it's necessary for me to 
have a space and time where I can almost like clean my mental slate, wash it, think about everything in the day, decide for yourself whether there's anything that you'd like to try and do better tomorrow. Is this something that you'd like to focus on the following day? Then you shut it down. If I'm really distressed about something, I journal. And if I journal, once that book is closed, I leave that journal in the front on the coffee table and I go to bed. Whatever that was stays there. It doesn't come with me to bed. And then we sleep. And tomorrow we repeat it. If there are evenings like tonight with you, when I have a meeting outside of the bounds of where I normally work, we deal with this. I have a very loving involved husband. He's really swimming with the kids right now. I'm almost jealous. When I have conferences that I committed to and I'm not at home, he's here for them. I have a support system and I'm deeply indebted to him and so grateful for him for being able to allow me to do all these things that I'm really passionate about. Thank you so much for sharing that insight into your daily routines and your approach to some of the things I think all designers find very challenging in terms of managing that balance. And there's that whole idea of being a designer in you know, quotation marks because there's that, you know, <laughs> what does it mean to be a designer and what does it mean to be a designer when you have many other commitments in your life? Because it is a practice and it's about finding that balance. And I too find journals to be a very helpful way to manage my thoughts and feelings and future plans. There's so much from what you said I'm going to take away as well and try to, I think. Agreed. I think we all resonate with that. We aim for more. We want more for our lives. We seldom don't know how to do it. And I think if more of us were open about how that is achievable, I think you'd understand that it's the fear itself that's actually stopping you. It's completely doable. Just do it one day at a time and handle it as it comes. And when you lapse, do you have any advice about when you sort of lose your routine? How can you gain it again? You lean on your support system. It's extremely important that you understand whether you are the kind of person that deal with stress better by laughing and relaxing or whether you need solitude. Do you need to play or do you need to journal figure out what is your unpacker your debriefer how do you debrief best and then do that my debriefing my dear husband is my ear and he loves to listen to me and he often distills even the things that feels to me like the weight on my shoulders it's the most complex thing in the whole world and he'll listen to all of it and they'll go like this is actually really simple i think if you tackle it from here and you try and do this you should resolve it and he'll untie all my knots and I go like, well, that's simple then. That is my solution. But I think to each of us, you need to find your support system. What works for you? Do you need to think about it on your own and unpack it before you can speak about it? Or are you a speak to think kind of person like I am? I need to speak to think. And that's why I appreciate him so much for being there for me. I have friends who tend to think first and then speak. They tend to unpack and debrief inside themselves. Then you need to figure out how not to bottle up the stress. You need to understand how not to load the cortisol. If that then is journaling, do that. Close the book, done. We don't look at it again unless I need to journal again because there's more. But don't take it to bed with you. Not sleeping is detrimental to your health. Thank you so much for that advice. And it's so important to have those supportive people around you, regardless of how you need to process those ideas and thoughts. Subtle plug for ladies at UX, always a good place to meet people who might potentially be able to mentor you or offer you some advice or just listen, you know? I get a lot of that from everyone I get 
get to volunteer with and collaborate with through Ladies at UX. So what advice would you give to someone in a health career looking to transition into UX, Amy? To be honest, right now is the optimal time to consider something like that. There are a lot of focus on healthcare moving into the digital space. I think if you are a healthcare provider thinking about moving into UX, you might be considering that specifically on that basis. So to my mind, you've got one of two choices. Either you qualify. HFI, Human Factors International, is a great place to start to get an internationally recognized qualification. Another place that I find is very good is the cxacademy.org. They provide CX diplomas and certificates that can give you a lightweight intro into experience, customer experience, user experience, how to apply that in a job. I do find though that for most health professionals, it's simpler to find a team who is already looking at uh, developing digital solutions and find out whether they need a subject matter expert, someone that could come in and give them advice in the direction of what would be the best tooling, how would interfaces serve a doctor and a patient best, and then see if you can make yourself part of those teams in that way. From there on, you would have to watch them, listen to them, learn. I don't find healthcare professionals to be slow on the uptake, so chances are very soon you will understand whether you want to commit to this project and build with this team further to see if you can develop this product even further, or then see if you want to start your own thing because you've got your own personal passion and purpose that you want to take on. Qualifying, always a good thing, but even just working alongside a team that does the same thing can give you all the insight you need. Thank you. And from your perspective, what are the emerging trends in designing for health and wellness at the moment? How do you see the role of design evolving and promoting healthy experiences? Quite a lot. I'm so happy that we're touching on this now. Right now, like I said, there's a huge focus on moving health into a digital direction. The reason for that is the, the lack of access to quality care for a lot of people in Africa. So there are quite a couple of private ventures that have started trying to solve the problem to make quality healthcare accessible to the underserved market in Africa, trying to launch telehealth, AI triage tools that can help people understand either how to do self-care or where to go for immediate treatment because their case is rather serious. A lot of digital tooling helping right now, trying to pull health into the digital sphere, which of course would make it more accessible to people who, who live in rural areas far away from a hospital or clinic, maybe people who don't have the money to afford the kind of care that they need, even education in health, trying to train people up on how to manage their chronic conditions, hypertension, diabetes, any of these diseases, try to teach them how to manage it. Because unfortunately in Africa, because that education is missing, we've got people dying from non-communicable diseases for which there are cures and treatment and help available. It's not okay. So I think a lot of people have taken on the course to try and get it done. So right now is the time. If you've ever wanted to go into Health UX, now is the time. Also see a lot of conversations even outside of health UX happening around accessibility and inclusive design. Those are the two topics I read a lot about on LinkedIn lately. Fresh posts and fresh ideas coming out of design teams, recognizing the fact that we now need to move towards design that consider the human, not just human interaction to get you to click on a button so that the business gets money, but actual ethical thinking of what are we doing when we make people perform an action? What is the burden on them mentally, emotionally, or physically? Am I doing all I can from a design perspective to remove friction, remove mental stress, remove mental load? Are you actually better off after using this app? 
or this tool or this product. And it's encouraging to me because it feels to me like we're finally moving in the direction of not only just trying to get the money out of our users, but actually thinking about the effect that we're having on the people around us. Also a big movement from the bigger companies where the money sits, investing in customer experience and actually thinking about their employees, the way that they are impacted in terms of friction and stress in the work environment, and the tools that they are being asked to use on a daily basis to enable them to do their jobs. And suddenly companies are starting to care about how their employees are feeling using these tools. Are there frictions? Are there stress in their daily lives that they can maybe minimize? And they're employing people like Clarity Studios to come and do research and find out how that can be bettered and improved. And I'm encouraged by that. That's a very good sign. This is such an amazing picture you're painting of the potential for this type of thinking in UX, but you've also given us a very powerful call to action, whether we're people who have an interest in this area or we're people who potentially are coming in from other health-related fields and would like to bring that amazing empathy, that amazing skill set into the UX world. So thank you for that. Pleasure. And uh, we're nearing the end of the episode. Would you like to give a message to the people who are listening? Yeah. If you are in the position to affect the outcome of a solution, no matter how small you may feel it is, I ask you to consider the effects that solution will have on the user, emotionally, physically, and mentally. All it takes is to set your intentions to doing no harm, almost like every doctor does when they take their oath, right? Do everything in service to others and with an attitude of honest care, and the users will feel it when they use that solution. It will be your fingerprint on everything that you touch. Wow, such a powerful message. And we all know when we've used something that has that level of care, it clearly shines through. And thank you so much for sharing that. So if someone is listening and they want to get in touch with you, Ermi, how can they find you? I think the three main social platforms that I am available on would be LinkedIn. If you find my profile, you can also go to claritystudios.co.za and contact me through our company's website. Our social accounts are also tagged at the bottom in the footer of those websites for rootcausecare.online is root cause cares url also social platforms at the bottom if you want to follow those to see what we're up to you're more than welcome otherwise more than welcome to drop me a line linkedin i think is the easiest thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today ermi and for sharing your amazing wisdom and your design practice with me thank you bye-bye thank you so much for having me fiona bye we ended our chat today with Ermi LaRue, an amazing lady, and we hope you enjoyed it. If you have suggestions, questions, or contributions, please contact us on the website, which is ladiesthatux.com. This episode was produced by Ladies That UX, edited by Luciana Barasca, and sponsored by Deployment, recruiters specialized in UX designers. <laughs>